This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, the last day of June in 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News back in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Seattle. Today on the show, momentum keeps growing for Tesla's charging network. Audi gets a new CEO and LMP sells its last franchise dealerships. Plus, the guys from Automotive State of the Union join the show to talk about their docuseries shining a light on the human side of auto retail. The stigma surrounding car dealers for too long has been all the bad stuff. The positive stories often go untold. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Electrify America plans to add Tesla's connectors to its large network of electric vehicle charging stations across North America. The move comes as the industry coalesces around the automaker's plug design. The decision is significant because Electrify America is the closest competitor to Tesla's supercharger network. Volkswagen started the company as part of its penance for its diesel emissions scandal. It operated about 3,500 ultra-fast connectors in the U.S. last year. That's second only to Tesla's 14,000. Electrify America says it will offer Tesla's North American charging standard connectors across the U.S. and Canada by 2025. It says it will also continue to offer the main competing standard known as combined charging system. Meanwhile, Volkswagen itself said in a statement that it's currently evaluating the implementation of Tesla's technology. GM, Ford, Rivian, and Volvo have all said they will make the switch. Not for nothing, J.D. Power has a new report that shows Tesla's EV charging network remains significantly more reliable than competitors. Marcus Dusman is on his way out as Audi's CEO. The luxury brand will replace him with Volkswagen Group strategy chief Gernot Dolna, who will take over the top role on September 1st. Dusman's future had been in doubt recently. Audi has had a number of mishaps and slow progress on innovation. It was falling behind competitors BMW and Mercedes, and it's looking for ways to catch up. Earlier this month, VW Group CEO Oliver Bloom singled out Audi's slow progress on innovation as a key area of concern. Dolna holds a degree in mechanical engineering. He joined VW Group in 1993 and subsequently served in a number of management roles at VW's Porsche division, including head of concept development and head of the Panamera series. LMP Automotive's brief and tumultuous tenure as a franchised dealership group appears to have come to an end. This month, it sold its last two franchise stores, both in West Virginia. LMP's grand plan to acquire 80 to 100 dealerships by the end of 2022 never came close to materializing, especially after numerous challenges obtaining financing and closing deals. It's unclear what happens next to LMP. It had eight franchise dealerships at its height, All told, the company spent a little over 27 months as a franchise dealership owner. LMP said in August that it would voluntarily delist its common stock from the NASDAQ. Its shares now trade over-the-counter. And dealership software provider Impel is rolling out a generative artificial intelligence chatbot designed for auto dealers and automakers. Chat AI's release follows the company's $104 million growth equity financing that was disclosed in January. 
Chat AI is now in beta testing with roughly 50 U.S. dealerships. Impel co-founder and CEO Devin Daly says the company plans to roll it out more widely and cross-sell to its 5,000-plus dealership and automaker customers over the next two months. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Let's Fly America is adding Tesla connectors to its network. Do you think eventually the Tesla North American charging standard connectors will become the industry standard when it comes to charging? It really looks like for North America, it is becoming the standard, at least for maybe this decade. You know, there's, uh, as we've seen, a lot of the other networks are making this move, as is Electrify America. Uh, we've seen a lot of brands that are starting to do it. And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Tesla's built out a pretty good footprint of, of chargers already, and people want to be able to use those. Longer term, I'm not sure that it stays as the standard. We, you know, there's a lot of work going on for, you know, even faster charging than the Tesla chargers provide. There's a lot of work going on with inductive charging which could provide a lot of convenience. Uh, so we'll see in the longer term, maybe it's not, but boy, for the from the 2025 through 2030 or so, it, it certainly looks like it's becoming the most common standard. We'll definitely keep our eye on it. Coming up, Paul Daly and Kyle Mountseer of Automotive State of the Union will join the show to talk about their automotive retail docuseries. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The documentary series More Than Cars by Paul J. Daly and Kyle Mautzier takes viewers behind the scenes at dealerships across the U.S. to learn about the people and their jobs. The pair run the content creation company Automotive State of the Union, which seeks to bring together the auto retail community. Daly and Mautzier spoke with Automotive News senior editor Dan Schein about what prompted them to create the series and what they're planning for future episodes. Kyle, Paul. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Kyle, tell us about So2. Are you kind of content creators in automotive, but tell me a little bit about how the company's formed and, and what you guys uh, typically do. Yeah, so, I mean, back, what, almost three years ago, a little over three years ago now, which is crazy. You know, Paul started this in the middle of the pandemic uh, as just a way to gather 
dealers, industry partners, OEM reps, everyone around the common belief that we needed to push back against the market forces that were happening. And at that point, it was in the heat of COVID and nobody kind of knew what to do, but everybody felt better when they were together. And together then meant Zoom calls, right? And so conversations, you know, with industry leaders and, and partners across the industry just saying, hey, this is what we're thinking, this is what we're doing. And over the last three years, as I have come on board, um, and then and then we've created you know the company Asodu that that now does many things. It's it's still about that. And yes, we create content like it's coming out of our ears. But the heart of the reason why we create you know a daily email and and social media posts and and video content and five podcasts and and live events is purely out of the heart that we want to draw together and band together like-minded, like-hearted industry professionals um, from everyone from the most executive CEO and leader all the way to the receptionist to say, hey, look, this is a community that believes that retail auto is good, that there's amazing career paths, that there's good that it does in the community um, and center around not just those beliefs, but those ideologies, those theologies, those philosophies of doing business so that the retail auto industry can not just survive, but also thrive in the cultural ecosystem that it lives in. And then the other part of that is that as we do that, we actually begin to create a cultural shift outside of our industry that more and more people start to come alongside the industry and say, yes, auto is good. The people in auto are good. They are doing good for our communities. They are good businesses to be a part of. I do want a career path in that business. And so that's the big heart of Soto is to be an essential retail automotive community that yes, creates a ton of content because that's where we know people are, right? They're in, they're in seeing and being a part of content, whether that be live events or, or social media or emails or whatever. Um, and so we gather people around that. It's kind of that community idea that, Paul, that you guys have kind of embarked on a, on a new project. I kind of call it maybe it's like a Netflix-style documentary series that you're, that you're hoping to produce that kind of, you know, shines a light, pun intended, uh, that looks, you know, a little bit into the dealership and the, the people behind all the jobs. Um, so tell me a little bit about More Than Cars and how this idea started. Yeah, so you nailed it. More Than Cars is like a docu-series, Netflix-style show. Right. And everyone knows, understands. We, we say sometimes it's like diners, drive-ins and dives meets comedians in cars getting coffee meets dirty jobs. Right. It's somewhere circling around those and everybody knows the format. The reason that we felt so convicted to make this show is that the stigma surrounding car dealers for too long has been all the bad stuff. And that is typically how everything goes. Right. The negative news makes it to the top. The negative stories are told over and over while the positive stories often go untold. And Kyle and I like to travel around and we, we always have like a, some wireless microphones and we ask people all the time, like, what did they like about their last experience buying a car? And almost to a person, every single person comments that they enjoyed interacting with the dealership staff, whether that's the salesperson, the manager, the, the fixed ops department. So we were like, man, we know these leaders. We know the empathy that's happening. We know the care that's happening. We know the attention and obsession over the customer experience is happening. How can we tell the inspiring stories from inside the car dealerships in a way that will generally like, like fling a heartstring that whether or not you're in the auto industry or you're not, you will naturally move toward these stories and see yourself in them. And uh, we could, you know, through that, we'd be able to start to break down that stigma that has, you know, been so persistent over the years. 
So Kyle, you've you've uh, filmed an episode in uh, Frisco, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. People can see it on morethancars.tv. What kind of stories are you looking for? And and when you go, like you went to these different dealerships, did you know uh, before you got there, some of the people you might meet and some of their stories, or was it just a matter of meeting them, talking to them, and then learning their stories? You know, it's it, it was a little bit of balance of both. And the reality, what, what, what was so cool that happened was, yes, we knew you know, the, the management staff and we had, we had spoke to them and we knew, uh, because of like some other connections or social media, just the heart and passion behind the stores and, or some of the references or the people we already knew in the store, we knew like the general vibe of each of the stores, but what, but what we knew and, and we knew if we kind of had that general understanding is we've just been around so many dealers that these stories, you don't have to go far to find them. It's not like, you know, you got to go pick them out of a, a of a haystack. They're just laying there right in front of you. So we start to talk to these people. And our, our real passion was to not just, you know, a lot of media always wants to talk to the manager, right? Uh, or talk to the executive or talk to the owner. And so it was a big passion of ours to talk to everybody across the store. So we have, you know, owners and GMs, but we have service techs and salespeople and lot porters and advisors, everyone across the dealership variable ops to fixed ops, the stories just surface themselves. You know, the gentleman named Amarie, who uh, was was in the store, we're midway through a conversation and he tells, it breaks, just tells us some extremely intimate stuff about his, the life before he was selling cars. And, and so we, we didn't have to go far to find him. And, and you find those types of stories in dealerships across the country, as long as like there's a core culture and mindset around you start to hear that the, the stories just bubble themselves to the top and the passion of the people and the joy, you know, Peggy, she's one of the characters in, in the story. And she's just this lively, amazing person to be around. And you get around those people and, and they just show themselves to be incredible. Paul, I would imagine my times too, and finding, talking with, you know, auto folks as well, right? There's just, it's a good group of people. It's kind of like newspaper people. We have a, you know, sometimes a bad reputation and lawyers and, you know, and, you know, dealer folks, but, but there's good people and there's just, there's great stories to be unearthed. And how do you, how do you know, like when to, when you've got enough content, I mean, you could like, you could probably go to one dealership and get an hour's worth of content. And how do you, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing the editing process must be pretty difficult. Yeah. I mean, they say like if, when you're making a good, a good show, right, the most painful place should be the cutting room floor. Right. And the truth is we, we could have released three episodes, four episodes worth of content and we had to trim it down. I mean, let's be honest, like attention spans are what they are. And we are planning on releasing a lot of that other content as micro content across social media. So very painful because there are stories upon stories upon stories. But one thing that's really encouraging is this we have multiple seasons, right? <laughs> right? Like there is not going to be any end. We just did one. We're shooting actually our second episode uh, this week as we're recording this. We have the third episode teed up and um, we just see a future where we get to go deeper and deeper in all the areas of uh, the dealership. Also, we want to go to the industry partner side because the industry partner side, there are lots of great stories of leadership and care and empathy and they really intersect. And that's the beauty of just having such a human 
I think product and service, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll have a product and in order to humanize it, you have to be like, well, this widget goes, this part goes in this widget, which goes in this thing, which is somehow is connected to a person. But a car is connected to every amazing thing that happens in our lives, whether it's college graduations or first children or honeymoons or teenage and coming of age, like it's all connected to a car. So we're never going to run out of stories. And um, that's fine by us because we want to make content forever. <laughs> and Kyle, if I make mistake me if I'm wrong, but your next one is going to be in Atlanta. That's it. Yep. Yeah, we're headed and to Atlanta. Yeah. How do you like find our you have people reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, come to my dealership. We got some, you know, great people. Or is it also kind of maybe a combination of, you know, people and, and yep. you know, that they're, they're, they run a good culture, they run a good, a good store. And so you call up and say, Hey, we're doing this. we you know, we think you'd you know be a great part of it. How do you kind of decide where's the next stop on the, on the kind of the road show? So the first few uh, are kind of like friends and family, people that we know, people that we could call up and say, hey, we want to do this. And they would shoulder up and, uh, you know, kind of give us the keys of the kingdom, open up the doors for us. But we've also had multiple people reach out and, and say, hey, look, this is something that I think you should come to my store. Actually, if people want to do that, they can email us at crew at asodu.com. And we're kind of like thumbing through those right now, reaching back out. Bear with us if you do email us. We we do have just a lot on our plate, especially with uh, some of the other ventures that we're doing. But there's definitely then, you know, th there'll be a vetting process as we move forward deeper into seasons. But uh, yeah, there's there's no no shortage of hand raisers uh, even after just the first episode. Gentlemen, uh, congratulations on uh, episode one and, and best of luck as you kind of pursue this project and uh, look forward to seeing more from you guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, awesome. Dan. Thanks, Dan. Paul J. Daly and Kyle Mautzier run the content creation company Automotive State of the Union. They spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Abigail Hamm, Jack Walsworth, and Mark Homer for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on auto retail, EV charging networks, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. We'll be off on Monday and Tuesday for the 4th of July holiday here in the U.S. Come back on Wednesday for a conversation with the CEO and co-founder of electric boat startup Navier. And during the holidays, don't forget to keep in touch with autonews.com. Some of the early sales results will start coming in for June and the second quarter. We'll have all the latest information on the website. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.